the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. Indeed, welcome to 2020. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. We're kicking off the first podcast of the decade with a worryingly necessary focus on shipping security. So far this week, we've seen Iran firing missiles at American troops in Iraq in response to the U.S. killing of its top military commander, Qasem Soleimani. Rising U.S.-Iranian tensions is not a new news story for shipping, of course, and the industry had not really downgraded the threat assessment that was still high in the wake of last year's spate of tanker attacks and the Stenner Impera affair being front and centre in pretty much everyone's mind. Statements from Tehran this week assuring us that uh, Iranian waters are among the safest in the world and naval escorts are completely unnecessary have been met with somewhat disbelieving sighs and a collective raising of eyebrows across the shipping sector. While the risk may have been priced into the market, the threat of shipping once again getting caught in the crossfire of geopolitical conflict was certainly on nobody's Christmas wish list. To help us make sense of the latest developments, I'm delighted to welcome not one but two leading international security commentators to the podcast this week. BIMCO's Head of Safety and Security, Jakob Larsen, and Senior Maritime Analyst at Control Risk, Cormac McGarry. I start by asking Jakob to give us his assessment of where the latest attacks have left risk levels for shipping. Uh, I think it's fair to say that the, the threat levels have gone up slightly. Um, what we have seen uh, in the wake of the killing of uh, Iranian General Soleimani is uh, a lot of rhetoric, but also um, weapons being used uh, uh, between the two belligerents, the US and Iran. And um, I think it's a reasonable assessment that the threat against shipping has uh, has gone up. Um, now, exactly how this uh, will play out in the future, it's difficult to say. Uh, the Iranians have uh, capability to inflict uh, damage to U.S. and their interests in many other domains than just the maritime. And um, it may not necessarily be uh, that we will see uh, anything happening in, in the uh, Straits of Hormuz and in, in the Persian Gulf um, in connection with this, but, but it, cannot, it certainly cannot be ruled out. And, and I think one factor alone, which uh, is part of the overall risk assessment, is the unpredictability with which uh, both sides are are acting, and, and that alone introduces an element of risk. Mm. I mean, certainly, is the sort of as far as the the macro picture is concerned, it has almost been, you know, written off as the story that this is to some extent concluded in the sense that there was a reprisal attack from Iran. But, you know, both sides seem to have sort of settled on the fact that there needs to be no escalation in terms of an outright war. But as you say, the suggestion that Iran would go head to head with the US was never really the issue. As the, the, the term asymmetric warfare and Iran's speciality has been bandied about the, uh, the, the mainstream press over the last week. And certainly in terms of the threat to shipping, the, uh, the, the, the explosions on tankers, the, the taking of ships, this was non-traditional warfare that was uh, offering the real risk uh, for shipping. Do you think that threat has in any way gone away as the, the threat has sort of focused more on, on, on sort of traditional um, security risks or, or is that still pretty much there bubbling under as, as, as the underlying risk for shipping? I think the threat is still there and exactly as you say, it's a sort of an underlying risk um, in the event that Iran decides to to strike against shipping, then it would be sort of a, a very immediate uh, sort of uh, short-term effect uh, that they would be looking for. But uh, I think in the current uh, scenario, um, Iran has 
must sit uh, back in Iran with an experience that that U.S. has fundamentally changed their approach to how to influence Iran with the killing of, of the uh, Iranian General Soleimani. So, so I think the Iranians are probably looking at options where they can uh, inflict enough damage uh, to the U.S., uh, to President Trump, to not only send a signal to President Trump, but to send a signal to the U.S. in general, but that before doing that another time, make sure that uh, that you have thought things through very carefully. Mm. So I think this is far from over. I think we will see uh, future Iranian attacks. I think uh, the Iranian missile attacks we've seen on, on the U.S. bases in Iraq are perhaps really just an, an attempt to uh, to detract attention from from what will be uh, what will be coming later. Uh, I think we will see some sort of Iranian retaliation that that uh, will send a clear message to the U.S. not only the current government but also future governments that uh, Iran is not a country to be messed with. I think this is what they would be looking for. Mm. And in response to that. Uh the, the shipping's ability to protect itself against this we've spoken about this on on podcasts before but you know there are limited um options for the shipping industry to to, to really protect itself do you think that situation has changed do you we've, we've seen a number of um uh, you know shipping companies avoid the region we've seen naval escorts reintroduced at least from the shipping uh, point of view of, uh, here in the uk uh, and uh, we're investigating at the moment um, uh, data that suggests that the Bari fleet, the Saudi fleet, um, is now not using AIS when it transits the Strait of Hormuz. Do, do you think this is a wise practice? Do you think there are things that um, you know shipping companies can do? Uh, and do you think you know the likes of turning AIS off is actually exacerbating the security threat? Um, I think the the, the Bari. Uh, I've heard that uh, only on a, on. A, rumored as well but but uh, i think they must have made their risk assessment and uh, have assessed that it's better that their ships uh, transiting the strait uh, go through uh, as undetected as possible so that's probably why they chose to do this and and, and you know that that might be a good idea if you are uh, a company with such strong ties to to the us obviously you are under a higher threat for other companies it may be an idea to keep ais on I say in general terms uh, to the, the, the shipping industry, the, the advice that uh, all the major associations have issued uh, remains uh, in force and intact, and it's available at uh, www.maritimeglobalsecurity.org. Um, and, mm. and the advice is that, that ships in general should uh, keep AIS uh, switched on. Uh, there's a lot of other advice there on how to uh, protect the vessel and so on. There's advice on uh, not using armed guards in the area uh, due to the risk of escalation and, and, and various other advice as well. So, I mean, for those that are not familiar with the advice, I encourage that you go in and, and have a good read uh, of it. Um, so basically, that advice is uh, still in force. It's unchanged and there are no uh, current plans to, to change it. Mm. I mean, in terms of the response so far, in terms of the war risk, we've seen a fairly muted response. I think the general feeling is that the risk although escalated, uh, you know, has been priced into the market to some extent. Do you see any situation that would change that situation? I mean, uh, you know, barring a sort of a full closure of the Strait of Hormuz, which 
is the sort of the uh, you know the disaster scenario that people bandy around, but you know hasn't really been gauged to be a, a, a realistic um, uh, option. Uh, where do you see the risk spiking if if we are going to see that spike at all? I think the risk will will spike in the event that uh, the situation all of a sudden escalates out of control, and in in that scenario, it cannot be ruled out that uh, that the Iranians will do what they can to to uh, shut down uh, traffic going through the sh- the, uh, the strait. And I think what uh, the past events have uh, taught us is that it is really difficult to predict what will go on. That said, I think that scenario, uh, it's my assessment at least, that it is already priced in with the insurance market. And and um, on the face of it, I don't see any reason that, uh, that uh, the insurance market uh, should change their, their, their current uh, practices uh, in the area. I think it's it seems to fit well with the situation. Wonderful. Jakob Larsen, Head of Safety and Security at BIMCO, thank you very much for joining the Lawyers List podcast. Thank you, Richard. While not ruling out more to come, Cormac McGarry, Control Risk Senior Maritime Analyst, views the current security situation as largely unchanged for now. But don't mistake that for complacency. His views on the wider threat level and what shipping should be looking out for make for worrying listening. The key thing, Richard, is that we assess the the threat in the Strait of Hormuz and the Gulf region generally to maritime operators remains elevated, but we don't assess it to have increased in the past week following the targeted killing of of Soleimani in, in Iraq. And is that simply based on the fact that there seems to have been some closure with the the follow-up reprisal attacks from Iran? So actually, control risks immediate assessment following the targeted killing of Soleimani was that Iran would almost certainly respond in a retaliatory way. But we also assess that the retaliation would likely be very carefully calibrated so as not to elicit an even further and deeper US response. And indeed, what we saw happening on the 8th of January uh, with Iranian missile strikes in Iraq uh, was indeed uh, what what we assessed would happen. And, and that was indeed a very limited uh, and we assess very carefully calibrated uh, retaliatory strike. And um, while further attacks against US military and diplomatic assets remain likely, particularly in Iraq, um, the US is likely to accept this signaling from Iran to, to avoid escalation. Uh, though I would stress that regional tensions do persist and that threat to shipping in the region remains elevated as it has been over the past eight or nine months, effectively since since May of, of 2019. Mm, because the threat to shipping specifically in this region, of course, has not been directly from Iran in most cases. While, you know, most of the security um, assessments, I guess, from the US side certainly has, has, has pointed a finger back to Iran. We're talking about proxy attacks. We're talking about no direct line to Tehran. So uh, presumably that risk still exists. Yeah, the, the the risk of similar incidents like we saw last year with attacks on shipping in the Gulf of Oman and the and the Frigia anchorage in the UAE, that risk is still there. You know, no one has ever really come out and said who was behind those attacks, but it, it, it's very likely that Iran was directly behind them. Mm. And any further attacks over the next year are likely to occur in the same the same pattern and and tactic uh, pattern of tactics whereby any attacks would be carefully calibrated, designed to have a, a limited outcome 
so as not to elicit too much of a retaliatory strike. Mm. Of course, I mean, the, the, the disaster scenario for shipping uh, and indeed uh, the, the, the global economy would be that the Strait of Hormuz is closed. Uh, and that's always the sort of the underlying threat, I guess, in terms of the initial risk assessments. That's never really been much of a, a sort of high end profile uh, option, I guess, as, as far as your assessment is concerned. Would that be fair to say? That's fair to say, Richard. And, and why that's really important is that over the last year, effectively since May of last year, uh, my experience at Control Risks uh, helping our, our maritime clients is that actually the straight of the closure is is the top concern for most people, uh, not just maritime operators, but also the insurance underwriters who have increased uh, war risk premiums. And importantly, perhaps the most important advice I've been giving to clients over the last year is that we assess that scenario of a, of a straight of the closure has been very unlikely and it's mm. it's only a scenario that comes out in the scenario of an escalation to open conflict which importantly we assess is very unlikely and indeed that was proved correct in the last few days with the limited retaliatory nature uh, of, of the strikes we've seen and it's clear that neither side in this this these tensions really want any kind of open conflict no and you know again taking it back to the uh, you know the shipping risk i mean it's fair to say that our assessment of the war risk scenarios you know has have been somewhat muted so far while there are clearly tensions much of that risk uh, as far as the shipping uh, insurers is concerned has already been priced into the market and we're, we're we're really seeing insurers saying that there's not that much of a dramatic change in terms of um the the risk scenarios in gulf shipping would, would you would you say that's a fair assessment that's a fair assessment and indeed uh, that that's what's been reported as the assessment from the uh, joint war committee which which met after the uh the targeted killing last week Mm-hmm. And you don't really see, barring any any further um, retaliatory, uh, you know, reprisals, you don't see that changing in the near term. Not in the near term, but importantly, uh, the advice I would give to to any operators, maritime or or even more general in the region, is to really monitor monitor these tensions because while we assess that an escalation to conflict is unlikely, there is still a risk that uh, that one of these events will be miscalculated mm. and uh, the targeted killing of, of Soleimani last week was one of those events where everyone stood on the edge of their seats and wondered was this a miscalculation and, and fortunately so far we've seen both sides sticking to this limited uh, limited and calculated uh, tit-for-tat strategy mm. but I, I would just reiterate that you know there is a potential for miscalculation that could result in escalation and that's why it's very important for for operators to continue monitoring these tensions and at control risks that's what we've been helping our clients with is is keeping their ear to the ground with these tensions and so that they can prepare uh, business continuity measures and contingency plans if we had this unlikely scenario come up. Mm. I mean, you you do this sort of day in day out. I mean, how would you characterize the you know the security risk for shipping generally speaking going into 2020 compared to your recent years? Do you do you think we're we're in a period of of, of more volatility and risk, or uh, you know it's pretty much business as usual for shipping? 
I wouldn't say it's business as usual, but it is business as usual compared to uh, the second half of, of, of 2019. What we should avoid is characterizing a single threat for all shipping in the region because of the nature of this threat being linked to complicated geopolitical tensions. The threat is really different for each individual vessel. So what control risks advises maritime operators to do is, is assess the threat based on each individual ship, the flag that it's registered under and carries, the port of origin and destination, the nature of its operations. So just for example, the threat to tankers carrying oil and gas cargoes is going to be higher compared to the threat to, let's say, an anchor handling supply tug mm. uh, passing through the strait. Okay. Okay. And, and in terms of any um, predictions for for 2020, what, what, what are you keeping an eye on? What's keeping you awake at night? What What we're really keeping an eye on is whether a situation will occur that one of the sides of these tensions commits an act that is miscalculated, mm. and that miscalculation could lead to a larger retaliatory response from the other side. And this is really where we start getting towards the worst case scenarios, where a miscalculation results in an escalation to conflict. And that's where you can really start considering enacting business continuity and contingency contingency plans in the region. But importantly, we still assess it as unlikely that we will get to that scenario just now. Fair enough. Okay. Cormac McGarry, Senior Maritime Analyst at Control Risks. Thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast. Thanks very much, Richard.